Creative Studio Academy, Semester 1, Session 11. Welcome to the Creative Studio Academy. This is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I will be your guide on this journey. Well, I'm definitely excited today to be able to invite to the studio Dustin Hartzler to talk to us about WordPress. And so he has a we're, uh, podcast and blog where he talks specifically about WordPress. He's been doing that for several years now. And so he is definitely considered an expert on the subject matter. And so before we start talking to him, though, I do want to thank those that went out and left some reviews on iTunes. And so uh, several five-star reviews. And so thank you to Mr. Cleaver. And then also to TW at iRealPodcast. And then also a human podcast. And then also podcasting fan and William B. Conrad. And also Rex D. Um, let's see, Rex D 1982. And so definitely thankful to each of you that has taken the time to go to iTunes. You can go and leave a review if you haven't already by going to creative studio.academy slash iTunes. That'll take you right to the page where you can be able to leave a review for, uh, this podcast there. And that will help others be able to find this podcast more easily to be able to consume the content and be able to do much more with their own content creation as well. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and turn to Dustin. So Dustin, thank you for coming today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm definitely glad to be able to have you. And so uh, Dustin is the host of the podcast, Your Website Engineer. And the corresponding website with that as well. A whole bunch of great tutorials and information about WordPress on that. And we're going to be diving into WordPress in this episode. And so as we have mentioned before, that WordPress is the best uh, CMS platform to be able to use to be able to build your website. And so there are other options out there. We'll kind of touch that a little bit as we talk here. But um, our focus on on, uh, WordPress and some things that we can be able to use. And so... Um, Dustin, why don't you, before we dive into all that, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about who you are and maybe a little bit of your story of how you got to where you are today. Sure thing. Yeah. My name is Dustin and I'm a WordPress quote unquote expert. I call myself an expert, but I'm really not. There's so much more that other people know about WordPress, but I've been studying it for the last four or five years. And so I really have a feel for how to, how to do a lot of things with WordPress in 2010. I ended up quitting my corporate engineering job and I started my own WordPress freelance business. And I really knew nothing about WordPress. I knew how to build websites, but I knew that like WordPress was the new latest and greatest thing. And it wasn't even that new in 2010 and been around for like seven years. So I got in and started using it. I was like, wow, this is so much better than hard coding and hand coding a, a website. And I just kind of got hooked and 
as I was trying to build my business, you know, we moved to a brand new area in Ohio and I was like, I know nobody here. How am I going to generate business and find clients and things along those lines? So that's when I just started to create some blog posts and I mainly focused on a podcast because I listened to podcasts for years and years and years as I was traveling an hour and hour plus commute each way to and from work. And I, I just knew the value of being able to for somebody to listen to to something, a topic that they really enjoyed and they can learn from it instead of listening to boring radio with ads and stuff like that. And so I really just, I started to do that podcast just based on, I want to give away free information that would eventually lead to maybe some, some new clients and some people that would come and hire me for their WordPress, their needs. And so that's kind of how I got started. And then it's funny, and you're probably just like this too. When you look back at like your first episodes, I was like, oh my goodness, I knew nothing about WordPress. Like I was so clueless back then, but my, my show has been going on since December of 2010. And so we're up to like 180 plus episodes, one every single week. And it's like, wow, look how much that I've learned and look how much I've been able to help and teach other people. So one of my passions is just really helping people understand how to use the technology and how to really be able to share their message online. Because if you don't have the right tools, like you could have the best story in the world, but if you don't know how to get it online where other people can see it, like nobody will ever know like your story and what you go through and, you know, just kind of the history about you or whatever your passion and topic um, of choice of blogging is. Yes. And then, of course, here in the last few months, you were able to um, land what you've called your dream job at Automatic, which is the company behind WordPress. And so yeah. can you tell tell us a little bit about, um, sure. about being yeah. able so, to get that process? Yeah, that whole thing started actually last summer. Um, my wife and I took a trip out to the West Coast, and we were going to travel from San Francisco and drive all the way up on um, the coast and leave from Seattle. While, but while we were in San Francisco, I met a buddy of mine that I used to work with in that old engineering job. He now works for Apple. And I was like, he ended up taking us to lunch at the Apple campus. We got to see inside headquarters. And I'm like, I'm such an Apple fanboy. I'm like, oh, this would be so cool. And like the perks of working for a big company and things like that was just, I was like, oh, this would be cool, but we don't want to uproot and move our entire family across the, the, the United States. And it's so expensive to live, live out there. And so I just kind of kept my mind open. And I heard on a podcast, someone talking or, or interviewing somebody from Automatic, which is the company behind WordPress.com. And they pretty much do a lot of the funding for the open source project of WordPress. And I was like, wow, I wonder if I should, let me look into that. What does that take to, to work there? And it basically is like, like you said, my dream job because I can still work from home. It's almost like I'm still my own boss. You know, I do have people that I report to, but I don't have like major timelines and we get to travel to fun places all over the world. So a few months back, I was actually in Barbados for a week on a, a team work trip. And in a three weeks, I'm going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for another work trip. And then we're doing a, we've got, you know, trips planned throughout the year, which is really fun and exciting because I love to travel and I get to work from wherever I am and I get the benefits of having that big company. So I get the benefits of, you know, healthcare and vacation time, you know, and all of those different things like the paycheck still comes in even when I'm not working, which is really cool. And what I do at Automatic, I'm a happiness engineer and I get to help people every single day use WordPress better. And so basically my task is to answer people's questions, help them understand, help them fix a site. And I can do anything from, or in a day to day basis, it's usually like helping people 
purchase a domain name or have help with their billing, or maybe they want to add some custom styles, you know, that maybe they want to customize something. They want to add their social media icons. They want to rearrange their menus. They want to, you know, anything that you can think of that, Hey, I wonder how I would do this with WordPress. They basically can ask that. And there's a whole team of us that get to do that every single day and just help people learn how to use WordPress better. And the awesome thing is that you've been doing that for the last, uh, what is it, three and a half years on your podcast. Exactly. So. Yeah. So as I got closer and closer to applying at Automatic, like I was having more and more fun answering email questions that people would send in through my contact form, whether I'd answer them on a podcast or I would reply to them like, oh, yeah, you can do this. Just log in here and, and do this and do that. Like I was loving that. And I was kind of falling away from the part of, OK, here's a five thousand dollar project. Let's take it from zero website to completed website. And that just kind of made my brain hurt. And I couldn't I, I didn't like focusing on a project that would take months and months and months. And it was just you know, I, I had more fun just helping people. So um, towards the end of, I guess this was in um, like all of 2013, I was creating more video tutorials and training and stuff so people could learn. And I just had way more fun doing that and teaching people. The, the coolest part is like that aha moment when people are like, oh, I get it. Like I understand it's easy. And so that's like one of my favorite things. And that happens when we get to go to different events. Like I go to word camps and I help out at what's called a happiness booth or a happiness bar. And we just answer people's questions and we can, we can help them, you know, move things around on their site or, you know, just kind of get an overall feeling of how to make their website behave the way that they want them it to. Yeah, that's awesome. In a previous um, episode, I was speaking with Mark Siebercrop and we were talking a little bit about some of the benefits of being able to get into content creation. Um, and so you've been able to have uh, such a success story with that as well. And so because of the podcast that you had, you were able to go out and be able to get that dream job. And so I've heard many stories similar to that as well. Yeah, I think the the podcast really helped to show that I had um, community involvement with WordPress because it is a community driven platform. That's one of the greatest things. I'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit later, but like WordPress is awesome because of the community. There's so many people that are willing to help whatever it takes. Like you go to a WordCamp event, you go to any WordPress event, a meetup group, whatever, somebody's going to know the answer and they're going to not like hold their cards back and say, no, you pay me and I'll show you how to do that. No, like everybody's like, oh yeah, you can just do it this way. You can do it this way. And there's like this, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people that love WordPress and love helping people, you know, figure out their problems and their solutions. So with having, I think when I applied for at Automatic, I had 150 plus episodes in my, in my queue and I had over a hundred five-star reviews in, um, in iTunes. And so I basically pointed them to my iTunes page and said, Hey, look at all the five-star reviews. And these are people that are saying that, uh, that I can take a complicated issue, which WordPress is a lot of times and explain it in audio, which is a hard to consume platform for something that's as visual as WordPress. So I thought that was really pretty cool. So um, that's, I think, kind of one of the ways that at least it didn't get me the job per se, but it got me at least in the door. So then once I was in the door, then I could prove to them that, hey, I do have what it takes to be a happiness engineer. And I'm so thankful that I got the position. I've been there now seven months. So I started in December of 2013 and it has been a wild ride. I can't believe it's been seven months already, but it has been absolutely awesome. Okay, now most of the people that may listen to this are probably not geeks like we are, um, <laughs> where we like to go ahead and uh, uh, peel the curtain back and look at the code and tinker with it. Um, and, and so, I mean, WordPress is uh, is good for being allow people to work on stuff without having to dive into 
uh, the backend code. Um, now I've I've done uh, I started with doing hard coding um, with with uh, just putting the the code the PHP the HTML and CSS and so forth, um, and and then the only content management system that I've used um, is WordPress. But I know there's some others out there. And you mentioned uh, to me before we started that you had a little bit of experience with some of the other ones. Can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that um, and maybe why you chose WordPress over those other ones? Sure. Yeah. The two that I've used in the past are Drupal and Joomla. And so Drupal, I ended up using when I was in college. It was a um, it was it was the way that they were setting up our school, our university's website. And I basically was hired on as a contractor. This was crazy. Like I was in college and I was hired on in the business school to contract out um, to build their website. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, this is so complicated. Why would you want to do this? Like, it was just very, very confusing to me. And Drupal is really good for high-end websites, very, very big websites that have a lot of complex stuff going on behind the scenes that needs to integrate with a lot of things. Now, WordPress can do almost everything that Drupal can, but Drupal is made more for developers. And it's kind of extensible for developers to build their sites quickly. And they don't, and people that have Word or Drupal sites don't necessarily log in regularly and make changes. There's also no, I believe with Drupal and Joomla, neither of those have like a blogging feature built in. So you have to like install an extra module and do some special things to actually get a blog up and running. Whereas WordPress, it's all really built in. And then when it came to, when I first started my business, I was doing it on the side as I still have my full-time job. And I met somebody that was, um, that was at, actually went to my church. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And he's like, oh yeah, the web guy that we just hired, um, he quit. And my dad is giving me the opportunity to find somebody and I'll hire you. And, and he ended up paying me, I forget what it was per hour. Like I just came up with a rate and I didn't actually charge like when I was learning, but I charged because I was learning so much because his site was in Joomla. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know how to do this. Like in WordPress, I could do it like this. And I didn't have like the, at that point I was so new into it. And I just didn't have the, the, um, I guess the motivation or the desire to tell him like, Hey, you should change to WordPress. Now, like that's the only thing that I say, like, Oh, you should just change to WordPress. It's so much easier. But, um, that about at that point, once that project was over, I'm like, okay, I'm only ever going to do WordPress. Cause I came to the conclusion that if I was bouncing around between the three different um, content management systems that I would never really learn one very well. And I would only be adequate at all three of them where I wanted to be more of that high-end developer on one particular platform. So that's why I kind of chose WordPress and I found that it was the most easiest to um, to actually teach people how to use. So as part of my development career, once I was done building a website, then I would show the client exactly the pieces that they needed to change. Hey, this is how you update your widgets. This is where your plugins need. You know, I, I gave them full extensive training at the end of every project. And I just didn't feel like I could do that with either Drupal or Joomla. Okay. Now with WordPress being so much easier and more friendly for the average user to be able to go in and be able to make some updates and changes, uh, people can still uh, kind of get lost and mess some things up. So in your experience, what are some of the big things that people should kind of watch out for so that they can try to avoid uh, breaking their site or just getting overwhelmed by uh, what they're looking at? Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of menu items in the back end once you log into your WordPress dashboard, but honestly, like probably 90% of those can be ignored. Um, the main thing is like, if you're, if you are 
if your site's done for the most part, like you had somebody build it or you've taken the time and you've built it yourself. Most of the time I found that people wanted a website and they wanted it to be done. They didn't care about all the configurations and whatnot, but they wanted to add new blog posts or update pages and stuff like that. So I could say 90% of the time you can stay in the posts area, the page area, and the media library area. And those are like kind of the three places and those are in your dashboard. They're up on the left-hand side. They're the first three that are up there. And I would say spend the most amount of time in there. Some, uh, some, some themes out there have extra settings like for portfolios or testimonials and stuff like that. Everything along in those lines, like those are things to not get overwhelmed with. You can go in there, you can easily make changes and it's only going to affect like one page on your site if you really, really mess something up. As you move farther down the line, um, top to bottom of your WordPress dashboard menu, then those are some things that can really start messing up your site. Like if you would accidentally go into the appearance area and change your theme, like all kinds of goofy things happen. Um, if you're changing and moving widgets around or, you know, exporting your site, like there's a bunch of stuff and then tools that you don't necessarily need to modify once they've been set up initially. So I would say just kind of stay in that, that upper region of the menus on the left-hand side and just continue to add new content unless you really need to make some, if you, if you stay in those areas, you're never going to really, um, catastrophe or create a catastrophe by, um, messing up your site. you know, you might affect a post or a page or, you know, one thing might be up a little off, but your entire site won't go down and you won't really break anything. Okay. And then if someone does have a problem, they just contact Dustin yeah. and <laughs> we yeah. could fix it. <laughs> exactly. And the thing too, to remember is you're doing things online. This is one of my favorite parts. I mean, I love doing home projects and stuff, but like, I'm so indecisive, you know, like, Oh, should I cut this board right here? Like, what if I mess up and then I have to go to the store and buy another one? Like with all websites and anything that's digital, there's always an undo command and WordPress has made a really, there's actually a lot of undo features built in. So you can just basically click a button and say, roll back to the previous version, especially if you're, if you've got a page and post revisions turned on, if you've, you know, accidentally logged into one of your, your post and you deleted half the content that was already published, then you can go and you can look at the previous re revision and then just click a button and it automatically comes back. So digital stuff is easy to get back. Whereas like, you know, physical products and physical things, you know, very hard to get back if you destroy it. Right. Now, as we look at the setup of a, of a, of a website and we could look at any website, really, uh, they, they, there's some key parts to each one there is obviously the content there's the design uh the, the overall look of it there's the functionality of it uh maybe some different actions that take place if there's uh some sort of uh slider or something like that that that's on there doing some action or video and, and different things like that um i know there's people that have different um opinions as far as how um how they should approach the functionality or how, how each of those should work together um, as far as like just kind of build it all together um, into the theme or to separate it out. Can you kind of uh, explain uh, kind of your viewpoint and then maybe kind of explain the different parts a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. So there's, there's 
again, it's all digital and there's many ways to do the same thing. So it's like, you know, you can skin a cat in many ways, whatever. But uh, there's there's a functions file that lives inside of your theme file. It's just called functions.php. And you can basically paste in all kinds of like cool code, like stuff that you find online. And maybe if you want to add a, a new area, they're called custom post types to your um, to your theme. So maybe you're doing something like you want to have a testimonial section and you want a, a menu item on the left to come up to say testimonies. And then you can put in your testimonies and it automatically generates a page. Or maybe you want at the bottom of every article, you want to have a box that says sign up for my email newsletter. Or maybe you have, you know, like there's hundreds of things that you could think about that you could design right into your theme and you could paste, paste the functionality code right into that um, functions.php file. Now, one thing that you have to remember and think through, and this is something that I, I urge everybody who's, who's doing this, like finding, you know, finding code online and pasting it right into this file, because uh, yes, it will work. But the thing is, you have to think about if I change my theme someday, or I guess you, I should say when you change your theme someday, do you want that functionality to remain with your theme? So, for example, like if you have a slider that's built into your theme, you could put that into the theme code because most of the time if you change your if you change your theme to another theme, you probably won't need that exact same code to run that slider. But if you have a testimonial area where people are, you know, have added their testimonies or testimonials and um they put that information in there, you'll definitely want that on your next site. So then that's what you want to put into a, a separate plugin. The cool part is like if you keep things in plugins, where, no matter how many times you change your theme, that functionality will always be there. So I'm on the I'm on the fence of always putting things into what I like to call a custom functionality plugin. And it's basically just an extra it's it's one file that's that lives in my plugins folder that I just paste all that code into. So then if I ever change my theme, all of that functionality is still there. And I don't have to worry about how am I going to break things or things like that. One of the biggest culprits in WordPress is really good with doing this and WordPress themes are good about um, building these in are called short codes and they're basically things in brackets that that do cool things. So I've seen short codes that allow you to embed audio widgets and to um, to color things you know a, a certain way or they make columns within your site but if that code is living in your functions dot a PHP file, when you change your theme, then all of the short codes are going to display on the front end of your website and people are going to see that and it's going to appear broken. So that would be a good functionality piece that needs to be living in a plugin. So it's always there and that code is always working and your website will never break in that way. So that's kind of, that's my thoughts on, on that. Most of the time the, the theme is reserved for visuals and anything that's only specific for the theme, that code should be in there and everything else can be in a plugin. It's not going to slow your site down in any way, shape or form. If your code, you're using the same exact code, whether it's in your theme or if it's in a plugin, it's going to load your site exactly in the same amount of speed. Okay. That, that's what I thought your, your viewpoint was. And I, I hold to the same, uh, try to keep, uh, uh, the functions separate from the, uh, design separate from the content and so that way when you change one it, you're not affecting the other and so um but but unfortunately i think a lot of people um especially with the way our society has become we just like to have all the um all-in-one uh type of things and so just try to wrap it all together um so you got it and it um and at least for the time being it's easier um but uh but as you're saying in the long run it'd be better to go ahead and keep them separate that way you can be able to make sure to maintain the functionality and everything of the website. Right. And it's not a problem. Like if you go and change your theme and you lose all those features, you know, all of your stuff's broken, then you can always like reactivate that old theme. But then you have to go in and you have to look for all of those pieces of code that's 
intermingled between your theme files. And you have to find it all and then move it to a plugin or you move it to your next theme. So it's just saving you time later down the road. And I think everybody at some point will always update their website. So it's just kind of a little forward thinking. Okay. I, I think um, we're going to go ahead and tackle a little bit more as far as plugins. Um, we're not going to get technical or geeky per se, but um, plugins uh, can can really uh, make and enhance a website, um, both as far as how it functions on the user side, but then also um, in the back end as well. Uh, I know that you have an ebook available on your website where you cover uh, 50 uh, different plugins and things that you recommend. Um, can you go ahead and maybe highlight a couple that you think are, are maybe the top? Yeah, definitely. And, and 50 is like, I built, I wrote this ebook. It was originally 10 and then I got to 50 and I'm like, I'm leaving so many out. And so there are, I think right now the count is over 30,000 free plugins in the WordPress repository. So there are a lots of plugins that are out there, but, um, a couple of them that I'd like to highlight is one is called Jetpack. And Jetpack is made by Automatic. There's actually a team within Automatic that just focuses on Jetpack. And it has like 30 modules inside of Jetpack itself that can do some cool things like uh, it can notify you when your site goes down. It can, you have the ability to add your custom style sheets. You can do that right inside of Jetpack. You can turn on fancy math is what they call it or something like that. So if you needed, you had a math related site and you wanted to put formulas and stuff, you could do that with that. Um, it gives you the ability to, it's called, I think it's called Photon, and it basically will upload all of your images to WordPress server so they're served out faster and they'll load faster on your website. There's just a ton of functionality and a lot of cool things with Jetpack. The thing is with Jetpack, you need a WordPress.com username in order for it to work properly, but you can get one of those completely for free and you can you know get that up and running and you can add a lot of really cool things. And the new version of it with version 3.0, you can turn on and turn off different modules and different areas of the, um, the plugin. So it's not like running all 30 of them at one time if you don't need it. So Jetpack is always one that I always highly recommend and talk about installing. Another one is called iTheme Security. This used to be called Better WP Security, um, but the guy was actually acquired by iThemes. And this basically does a whole bunch of configuration to help you have a secure website. So security is always a big thing. It makes sure that you're not using a, a, a weak password or a generic username. It gives you the ability to lock down your site. So maybe you can say that, oh, I know that I'm always sleeping between um, 12 midnight and 5 a.m. or 8 a.m. I'm never going to update my site then. And so you can turn off the ability to log in, and which is really pretty cool. And you can also like turn off or you can really just highlight, oh, I only want to be able to edit from this IP address, which could be, you know, it's just really limiting the factors like, oh, somebody from Germany cannot log into my site because I've kind of restricted that from, you know, everywhere but my local IP. So that's really cool. There's a lot of features built in and it's really cool because it's like a checkbox system. It's like, oh, you're not doing this one. Click here to do this. And you're not doing this one. Click here to do this. So I really like that one. And that's another one that I always talk about and I always recommend. Another really um, important one, and the cool part too with WordPress is like you can um, you can back everything up in a very easy way. You can move things from server to server. You can export. You can do a bunch of things, but you have to have that backup. And so um, there's a couple that are out there. Backup Buddy is a premium plugin. That's one that you have to pay for to get. It's totally worth the money. But if you want a just a free one, backwpup.com or backwpup is the plugin, and it does everything for the most part that um, Backup Buddy does. But uh, they just don't have like quite the support system and stuff like that. But you can back up to your Dropbox account. 
you can back up to like Amazon S or S3. You can back up to email. But the big thing is you just want to keep sh- make sure that you're backing up your site and that you have that uh, you're you have that extra copy because you never know when your web server is going to go down or if you want to move to another thing or you get struck with a virus or whatever and you want to have that that backup in place. So those are three that I I really highly recommend. If you want, I can go on. I can add a few more. Or is three enough? Well, we can stop there, and uh, we can just direct people to go ahead and go to your website. They can be able to uh, just put their email address in there, and they can be able to get the whole um, ebook with 50. And so uh, that would definitely be worth it. Um, and so if, if you are uh, interested at all in doing more with your website, um, I would even encourage you to uh, subscribe to Dustin's podcast and listen to your website engineer. And so he brings a lot of great things. Also on the website, there's um, a, a bunch of different video tutorials that he's created over the last couple of years um, as well, covering a lot of different things. And so um, a lot of great resources for you. If you can go to uh, his website there, your website engineer.com. And so uh, I would definitely recommend that uh, as we wrap up here. Is there anything else that you'd like to, uh, go ahead and add to the discussion. Yeah, um, and this is just probably because I didn't know about this when I first got started. It was probably 2011, maybe, until I finally really got involved. But look at uh, WordCamp.org is a website that has all of the local WordCamp events, and these are put on by the community for the community. They cost anywhere between like $20 to maybe $60. Usually the price point is about $40 for the weekend, and that normally includes some sort of WordPress branded stuff, you know, like whether it's a t-shirt or a bag or a a mug or whatever, you know, a lot, all the WordPress things or all the Word, Word camps do things differently. And it's just a great time to learn because there's sessions, you, there's four or five, eight sessions a day, and you can really learn about things that you're interested in WordPress. And then there are, um, there's community, you know, there's so many people there that's willing to help you out. Um, there's, there's after parties. There are a lot of fun. Like I joke with my wife, like, oh, I have to go to a Word camp for work. And you know how, like when you, if you work in a corporate job and they send you to these conferences, and you're like, oh, I have to go to this conference and I'm not going to learn anything. It's going to be boring. Like, no, that's not WordCamps. Like, I have so much fun at WordCamps. Like, I tried to plan trips to different places for WordCamps because we were planning a summer or like a kind of a fall vacation. It's like, okay, where are WordCamps in the area? And so it ended up like we didn't actually fit one in, but uh, it's always something that we're looking out for because they have WordCamps all over the world. I'm trying to get to one over in Europe or in South America sometime, but it's just really a lot of fun. And they are, they're like the best ever because there's food involved. There's people, there's, there's, there's a good time. You'll learn something about WordPress. And even me, like I go and I know a lot about WordPress. I work at automatic. Um, there's always like, I come home with notes and notes and notes, sheets of notes of stuff that, oh, I should be doing it this way, or I can learn and how to improve that. So you head on over to wordcamp.org and then you can look and find all the word camps that are happening. It's kind of the hot topic right now or the hot part of the year. They, a lot of them happen somewhere between May and October. Um, and you can see if there's anything close to you. I highly recommend, I've driven as much as five hours to go to word camp, totally worth it. So that's my last little plug there. Hey, I would, uh, uh, agree with that and so i haven't been to one yet but um um actually by the time this episode releases i will have gone to one so uh i'm going to a work camp in kansas city missouri and so um and we're actually kind of making a mini family vacation out of it kind of like like you um uh mentioned there and so i'm definitely looking forward to being able to do that be able to 
um, meet the people and be able to sit in the um, in the sessions and be able to get some more information about WordPress and how I can be able to improve my own skills and abilities in that. So very awesome. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time to be with us today, Dustin. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, already mentioned the website once. Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know how they can be able to best get a hold of you if they have any questions, and then we'll sign off. Yeah, I spend most of my online blogging, uh, podcasting area is at yourwebsiteengineer.com. That's where I spend a lot of time, but I am very active on Twitter. And so if you have any WordPress questions that you can fit in 140 characters or less, I'd be more than happy to answer them in a tweet as well. And you can find me at Dustin Hartzler. Well, I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Dustin about WordPress. There's so many things that we could be able to talk about when it comes to WordPress. And we will certainly do that even more down the road. And so we're going to be looking at uh, all kinds of different aspects regarding WordPress and what we can be able to do to be able to take our message to the world even better using that platform. And so, but today, if you want to go to the show notes to be able to leave a comment, to be able to get the resources that were mentioned, you can go to creativestudio.academy slash 1-11. 1-11, and that will take you to the show notes. Um, alternatively, if this is your first time to the Academy or first time to the website, something that can be helpful for you is go to creativestudio.academy slash welcome, and that will uh, take you to a page that is especially designed for the podcast listeners to help get you started on the website to give you kind of some direction as to what you can be able to do to get started there. And so kind of it will lead you to the iTunes links and it'll lead you to uh, Stitcher and some other different things there that uh, kind of help you get started into the Academy a little bit more. And so one thing I really want to try to drive home now is the newsletter that is getting started up. And so the last couple of weeks, all that we've had for the newsletter is just the updates for the different podcast sessions and for the blog posts that have been coming up. But starting this week, the newsletter is going to be just once a week now. And it will still have the information regarding the, the the content that comes out. And there'll definitely be the links there to be able to get that in case somebody misses it. But there's going to be a special, um, almost a blog post, um, but a special content area just for those on the newsletter. And so what I'm going to be covering first is several resources that I think are vital for people that are creating content online. And so um, I'm going to start with some books that I've read or that I'm in the middle of reading that I think can be very beneficial to us. And so the very first one coming out this week is talking about the book platform. And so I kind of explained a little bit in that newsletter about what um, platform has meant to me, how I got introduced to it, and then a couple takeaways from it. And then, of course, there's a link there to be able to get that if you don't have that book already. And so then we're going to be covering several other books. I think I have a list of 10 to 12 that we'll eventually be getting through. And then 
there'll be some other resources as well. Um, some of them will have full affiliate links associated with them. Some of them will be free resources. Some of them will just be information and tips and things like that. And so that's another aspect that I'm going to have with the newsletter is a section with a simple tip to be able to help you as a blogger or podcaster or creating video. So some sort of tip to be able to draw out that you can be able to take and use to improve what it is that you are working on. And so that's going to be the three main areas in the newsletters is the main content area, the thing that is just for the newsletter subscribers, and then also the tip of the week, which of course is also just for the newsletter subscribers. And then it'll just have an update of what came to the website that week. So whatever podcast session and then whatever blog posts get put up as well. And so that'll help you be able to stay up to date with what's going on in case you happen to miss it throughout the week. And so I would highly recommend that you go and be able to uh, do that. And so with that page, um, again, you can go to the creative studio dot Academy slash welcome, and it'll have the link there for being able to sign up for the newsletter as well as all the other links, or you can just go to creativestudio.academy slash subscribe, and that'll take you there to where you can just quickly fill out the form to be able to be added to the newsletter. And down the road, there will be also some um, offers that will be just for the newsletter subscribers. And so for future um, interviews that I do, I will be reaching out to the newsletter subscribers for potential questions that you may have for the particular guests or about the particular topic. And so there'll be that. And then also there may be special giveaways or there'll be special offers as I start developing different products and courses. And so those on the newsletter will be able to get first shot at taking those and be able to get a discount as well. And so definitely some perks for being on the newsletter there and so definitely encourage you to be able to do that and we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this session and we will talk to you next session as well Mm -hmm.